0: I go, I'm watching, I'm seeing what this guy's reaction is. So I say to him, I go, uh, the Spider Man. And the guy goes, yeah. He said, i watching it, I go, is he crying? <laughs> and the guy goes, yeah. And I just wait a little bit, and you're going to bleep this out, and I go, pfft. <laughs> 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 and <then> I wait. <laughs> And it's and it's you. And I wait. And he kind of does this. He kind of like looks in the He's just like locked in. And I go, uh, "Batman would never cry." There it is,
1: from the man himself. Batman would never cry. I feel like he might have cried in this new one. Did he he cry at some Uh, point? He
2: was certainly on the verge of tears many times. The whole time. (laughs) Um, That was Michael Keaton talking about uh, stepping into a shop and uh, a gentleman working there watching Spider-Man. Yeah, he's watching one one of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. Which you can only imagine how great that. Interaction would be, I guess the guy missed the fact that he was Keaton. But he can you know imagine was. Keaton talking shit about Spider-Man?
1: I can imagine that Keaton seems like a real loose cannon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. In the best and, way possible. He,
2: part of the reason he's such a great storyteller. When you're watching this, I know we're in a, uh, you know, you can only hear it listening to this podcast. But when you're watching that clip, if you check that out on Jimmy Fallon, you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, he's so delighted. He's, he's with where the story is going before it gets mm-hmm. there. That it really just gets you. You're already ready to laugh. He's like a kid. He's just like a little kid. And ready to laugh before you even get there. So um, that's a fun one. That's a fun one. Yeah,
1: we just wanted to kind of honor uh, Batman a little bit with a clip. Um, Michael Keaton, I think, is my favorite Batman still. And uh, we'll we'll get into that later. (laughs) Easily my favorite Birdman. There's not even a competition Yeah, that's very um, fair.
2: <laughs> yeah, and whatever villain he is in Spider-Man, he's also the best of that, and probably the best Batman.
1: Yeah. Um, well, we should start right off by welcoming you to episode 49. We're back, and uh, we have lots to talk about. Lots of movies are As always. are out and coming out, and uh, and the world is on fire, but we're going to talk about movies. <laughs> yeah, we're hoping to
2: get to a 50th episode before World War III <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: ends in nuclear
2: holocaust. Um, yep. Knock on wood. But
1: um, um, here we are. But you know what? The first thing we have to do is uh, say hi to our friend Kevin, who left us a voicemail. I'm
2: so excited um, for this.
1: A while ago. And uh, we just honestly haven't done a podcast since he sent us this voicemail. Um, so here is uh, Kevin talking about something uh, very important.
0: Hey, guys. It's Kevin. I know I'm a little bit behind, but listening to your Lethal Weapon uh, play along podcast now. And uh, – you missed the coolest bit of Darlene Love trivia, or at least I think you did. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. Um, but you got it right about her being a backup singer. But the other half of the story is she was one of Phil Spector's, like, cast of musicians. Um, and the day he was recording Christmas Baby, Please Come Home, he tried to give that song to his wife, Ronnie Spector, and she just, like, in his opinion, wasn't nailing the performance, so, like, fired his wife from the job, had Darlene come in and sing lead, and that's the version that we all know is the, like, Christmas anthem. It's my favorite Christmas song. I know a lot of people say Mariah, but uh, I fucking love that song, and uh, it's just more, like, Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie. It's got fucking Darlene Love, like, her only hit, as far as I'm aware. (laughs) Uh, It's a Christmas song. So anyway, love you guys, and I uh, just wanted to add my two cents. Have a great week.
2: Can we just say it? Kevin is clearly <laughs> our best <laughs> listener and fan.
1: He, he's I include
2: my girlfriend in so this. So on top he's, of it. He's um, the best. Yeah. He's better than we deserve. We, we do That's love a great you, story, and I I uh, choose to believe it's true. I'm sure it is true, but even if it's not, I tr- choose to believe well, that it is so, true. Well, uh, so
1: the song he's he's referring to is this one here. Great song. 1963. Uh Christmas, Baby Please Come Home, uh produced by Phil Spector, as he said. And uh yeah, that's Darlene Love singing that, who is Trish Murtaugh in uh in Lethal Weapon, if you did not listen to our Lethal Weapon uh, commentary episode. Uh we, she is nailing it we, we Yeah we probably like he says in the voicemail We probably talked about how she's a singer But we didn't go into in depth How she is the singer on one of the most Famous Christmas songs of all time so, Sure um, and you know so I think he, fair, he yeah. mentioned
2: On there that a lot of people you know cite The Mariah Carey and <laughs> right. all her, you know Both of those songs are in Love Actually Which yes, uh, they along are. with Die Hard and Lethal Weapon is one of my Favorite uh, Christmas movies so, oh, it's so there good. you go Those are the classics
1: that's it those well thank classics. you Kevin appreciate it yeah that it, was great sorry that Took us so many best weeks to get to best listener feedback it, we've ever had i would say yeah so. um yeah if you want your voicemail heard please dial 1-8-0-5. only if you have something as good to say In as that six. yeah i uh i i encourage you to really have something good to say bring the heat if it's mediocre don't leave the bring the shit? heat <laughs> <laughs> um well yeah that's our only listener feedback but uh we should talk about some movies we've seen recently well there's a big um, one it's a it's a good time for movies because you know what's funny is like the the Oscars have been moved all the way to the end of March so that's still upcoming and so we're still kind of watching the Oscary stuff but we're so close to summer yeah because once it's May it's summertime and we're into all these huge movies and it's the first summer in three years. So for for (laughs) we didn't have a summer (laughs) Uh, last year or the year before. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it is. We didn't. Yeah, exactly. Last summer, some theaters were reopening, but all the really big movies got pushed to either this summer or some other time. Um, And so, yeah, we we have a lot of really fun stuff coming up soon. But let's talk about some stuff that uh, we've seen since last time. And we both went to see the big one the batman the biggest longest the batman that <laughs> yes. we've ever had they, 2 hours 58 minutes that I think movie they added is, the, the to minutes. let you know that this yeah. <laughs> is going to be a longer um, anyway. um. What did you think? We we actually saw it together, but we ha- had to leave. Uh, yeah, quickly the at to circumstance, we didn't. We didn't talk, much, we didn't talk much after it. So tell me what you thought. I really enjoyed
2: it, man. I saw your Letterbox um, ranking. Um, yes,
1: I gave it four out of five on Letterbox,
2: and mine was a three and a half. However, once again, fair. I don't think we're that different. I think it's more how we scale them uh, in terms of stars. Yes. Um yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um I I need to kind of marry on it for a little bit. I will be honest and let you know that I it had kind of lost me, not because the story wasn't strong throughout, it had kind of lost me at a certain point. It had me thinking, you know, even for Batman and something that's supposed to be dark, this is a little too current the world than what i want in batman because mm-hmm. it seems so hopeless mm-hmm. and then to its credit um, no spoilers i'm not going to go into why or details but to its credit like a batman movie should really kind of brought it back around in a way that worked for me at the end a uh, particular kind of speech and voiceover that i thought was um, very hopeful um, i don't know if you felt the same way
1: this is the question is it a hopeful movie or not and, and a lot of people i've seen talking about this uh, you know you could you could make the case on either side of it. It's as close to um, not
2: being as any Batman movie has ever been. Yeah. And people said that about the dark Knight trilogy, but this is much, much darker in regards in, to in tone
1: and, and just like in, in, outlook in, in specifics. Outlook, I mean, yeah. this movie
2: touches on corrupt politics and why we don't trust them and why we shouldn't. Right. right. And how, if you've lost faith in the system completely, can it even be rebuilt? And like things that are just very, very relevant to right now, um along with stuff that uh, you know shades of the proud boys or any kind of um, yeah. mass shooting type of stuff you've ever had i mean again sorry spoilers but you know not not say but just things that are mentioned at least or alluded yeah, to yeah so far we haven't really given real any world.
1: plot points away but uh, but yeah i guess the the point is also if you haven't seen the batman and you know we're going to try not to spoil anything but there's not really much to spoil it's just a it's a it's a uh, a very expansive movie that Takes on um, a very, very, very dark subject at at pretty much every turn. Yeah, um, it's a very different Batman movie. S- yeah, than you've so seen it should have been rated R. Like, let's talk about totally one hundred percent. It's, it's PG thirteen, and it sounds uh, from all accounts that they were really trying to get it to be R. But of course, that's always the fight um, when you have a movie that you want to make a billion dollars. You generally can't make it an R rated movie. And uh, so that's all fair. And I let's guess, be clear.
2: This is a serial killer movie with Batman in it. I mean, this is a serial killer procedural. Or more specifically, yeah, it. it
1: is a crime thriller. Yes, It is a procedural. crime procedural thriller. It's seven, but with Batman. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's what I was thinking the entire, entire time. Through. Through. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and, and no, I mean, look all of the performances and actors are are great. The direction we knew was going to be, whether we liked it or not. Clearly this is a a very talented director. It's just a question of, elements and what they mix together, do you like (laughs) it? And I think it's a relevant thing to discuss because we always try to keep pushing the envelope and going further and further. And I remember when people were saying, you know, Dark Knight's a little too real and too serious and too, you know, even the Tim Burton one, which we just did a commentary on, it exists in Tim Burton world. It's very dark and it's very gothic, but it's not
1: real in the same way. This brings us back to what we were talking about during our Batman commentary that you kind of thought this was going to be a little bit of a stylized Kind of. Do you still feel that way? Because I, I, it, it lands where I thought it would, which is pretty grounded. Like, yeah, you know,
2: it's. I guess I would say it's not a stylized world as much as I thought the direction was. It had a flair, I guess. In the same way that Seven is this dark city where it always rains. Yeah, And you yeah, can't yeah. ever, there's no sunshine. Yeah. And,
0: it was stylized in that way. I, I'm it's not saying it's not accurate to yeah, how
1: the world is. I'm not yeah.
2: saying the art direction is where Tim Burton's Batman is, which again, I think is the, the most, imp- maybe even not impressive. Yeah, I would say most impressive, but also most... Um, there's an idea behind everything in right. Burton's Batman, right? Whereas Nolan, the whole idea was to like just make this our real world with right. a guy running around in a batsuit. This one I do feel falls between those two, but it's not in the middle. It's much closer to um Nolan's. You know, right. it's much closer to right. that real world. Um but yeah, I, I still think it's a stylized movie. It's just not a a, a, a fake hyper real world as much as maybe I thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah, no, that's very fair. Um, well, this Riddler could have been in Christian Bale's
2: Batman, you know what I mean? Like, or seven, or se- <laughs> yeah, completely or seven. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just mean like th- those characters that would fit right along with Heath Ledger's Joker, right? Yeah. Like it's not agreed like They couldn't exist
1: in the same. World. Agreed. Um, well, yeah, I guess the point is that, uh, we both, we both enjoyed it. Um, I, uh, I give it a lot of points, um because of the absolute excellence of 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 what it is as a film taking out the story and even the performances like the story and performances we've talked about this before are kind of the number one thing they should be kind of the the forefront of how we interpret a movie and obviously everything is in there to support those but In this case, I'm kind of ignoring the story. I'm even ignoring kind of the script to some extent. But every other thing that makes up making a movie, which is the production design, the cinematography, the sound, the um, just the production value of it, um, is, in my opinion, so far superior to... Most any movie you could name. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of big, big movies, and we don't really know the budget of this one, but you kind of have to like ignore Marvel because that's a whole other thing. And, you know, you have movies that are highly practical and highly, um, uh, you know, energized with uh, creativity and craft. And, um, this is, you know, in that top, 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 top tier of all of that. Every single thing—the production design, the the uh, the practical effects, um, when they exist—are uh, just as good as anything has ever been made for a yeah. film. Yeah. So I just give it such extreme points for that. Again, I love Matt Reeves, and and it really, he's, you know. He deserves to be doing lots of these. I I guess the question is, are we going to see a bunch of these? Are they going to do a two and a three, like a Batman two and a Batman three? I think they are. Um, well, we already Pattinson has already
2: said that he would love to, he's, they have an idea for a trilogy. He's like, I can't say we're doing Great. that. Yeah. He's like, but I know that we talked some, I think it's in the same the vein
1: as Dune as, as you know, sure. I put Denny and, and this guy, Matt are in the same category of people who are just like so obsessive. And so, uh, you know, such perfectionists. And so they kind have of a real command of what they do that, sure. um, that I think Matt will be pushing to make, a trilogy because he can and clearly especially if they already have the idea um it sounds like dc is doing some spin off shows that are confirmed oh, okay didn't know that um yeah i um I, oh i think oh that's what they are i read that there's a uh there's a gotham pd show huh, okay and then there's an arkham asylum show and i think there might be one other one that are all spin offs of this movie that are already okay. greenlit by by uh by a. Uh, Warner brothers. So, uh, yeah, anyways, it's a whole world and I encourage everybody to see it. It's really just, um, it's it, just wonderful. It's the grunge
2: it, Batman also. I mean, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like the Nirvana's playing. A yeah. Lot, the, and, and the yeah. grungy world It's you know,
1: you, you know, it's not hyper, it's not even hyper violent or gory or anything. Cause again, it's PG 13. It's just, it, it's just, um, it's just dark and brooding and yeah. um, and emo, as they say. Terrible and,
2: gore is alluded um, to,
1: but not really yeah, necessarily Yeah, we don't see really it. see it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's relatively safe. You just have to like that tone and you have to be willing to sit down for three hours of that tone. Sure, sure. And, um. Did
2: you find it kind of interesting and a little bit funny that, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal's husband played? Yeah, I played, do. They, they were both <laughs> like DA and she was obviously in the uh, DA's office. Yep. And, um, and, I do uh, think and that's Nolan. funny. I just, I don't know. I couldn't, and the way everything plays out with all of them, I just remember thinking this is kind of funny the funny crossover yeah. yeah anyway um uh, the totally. other thing yeah. uh i will last thing i'll kind of say about it is for all of the kind of points everyone gave um nolan's batman for kind of what would this be practically you know we need to have a suit where he can turn his head and this is why he can fly we've got this memory cloth yeah this one was even more grounded Grounders, and realistic yeah. in that okay if he had these gadgets it would take him a while to load this thing yeah. you know it wouldn't really not, work as well he's not smooth he's not he never the gets, superhero yeah. that
1: we see in other versions he of just Batman. beats the shit out of people it's it's
2: not to the point where he's really leaping from one thing to another very often and when he does it's such a, a like a practical oh this is how this would happen in
1: real life yeah. um
2: and then in addition to that you're talking about a guy who has body armor on but clearly he doesn't dodge bullets he gets shot a bunch you know what I mean but and it's body armor is a saving bunch. Him. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in that way also I, I think maybe that's not what you want maybe it is but you got to give it points if that's what it was trying which to do which is
1: why i would say that for a modern audience meaning like 2022 audience especially of younger people that you know are not super attached to older versions of batman or the comics or anything um, it is probably the most satisfying Version of Batman that we have mm. in recent memory, um, because of everything you just said, you know, he goes back and forth with wearing, you know, the suit and uh, kind of wearing civilian clothes when when necessary. Yeah. And he does it very like realistically, back and forth. Um, and uh, I guess I also think that he th- there's not a great version of Bruce Wayne in this yet. Yeah. Yet, yeah, this that Bruce was... Wayne is is bad. Well, that's the um, interesting
2: thing, though. It's it, I don't even know.
1: He took I'm a lot of inspiration say, from year one. I'm the not going to say you're not Batman.
2: wrong with bad, but consider this. We barely see Bruce Wayne. This is I, the first Batman movie. Point, yeah. He is Batman almost this entire yes. movie. And when he is Bruce Wayne, <laughs> outside of like one scene that I can remember or one sequence, when he is Bruce Wayne, he is still... In half a bat suit in the Bat Cave, talking to like one person. Pretty Alfred. much, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not like he's out and about playing playing Bruce, Bruce as well. Yeah, no. He's really just being Batman, and I mean he's showing up and interacting with cops as Batman and he you know the the question can be raised if you really wanted to get nitpicky on like how is no one pinning him down and unmasking him like if he really is this (laughs) vigilante you know what I mean like it's it's that kind of thing it's not like he shows up with Gordon in the corner it's like the whole police department's here you can't just hang out anyway
1: I love how casually he walks through these scenes oh man in his it's really effective Batman costume he's not just popping in and popping out and you know in the shadows he's just existing in the world in his sure. bat suit and people are except for the most part, accepting him as being like one of the guys. And It's almost <laughs> like they acknowledge
2: how strange that would be yes, while yeah. also sort of being like, Oh, but it worked like it still works in a way. Yeah.
0: The only, the only other thing I'll I say is
2: I, I don't, I don't feel like they've ever quite gotten to me the one time they ever got every aspect of Batman, right? The look, the feel, everything uh, really is that animated series. We've talked about this before. Sure. sure. And I think a lot of people agree with that. I don't know if you're ever going to be able to get that on screen in like nah. live action. It would be awesome if you could. I do think that's what people were hoping. At least some of my comic book friend fans, like who were who were like huge comic book fans, yeah. I think that's what they were hoping for with Batman and versus Superman. This sort of mm. it exists in the the world of the comic, not that, Tim
1: Burton's mm. world, that's different from ours, but and not Nolan's world, which is ours, but the comic. Affleck's book world. Batman, yeah, could it could be the closest thing to animated series Batman. It's not a, that a good exists. movie, but yeah.
2: that's what they were trying yeah, to do. I'm I mean, even you. down to him kind of having a gray suit like you know and it's like black but it's also got yeah, the gray and yeah. kind of the traditional so um that said understood it's a yeah. unique take um it's how it's, good was colin farrell oh oh my god unrecognizable yeah, we haven't even gotten into that but no, like
1: but he's just really
2: great maybe the best performance he's ever in, I, in, in my the, opinion in that you yeah, have maybe. no idea that it's but if you had yeah. not told there's just no <laughs> way and i know prosthetics are helpful but he was so good um, Zoe Kravitz is always good. I mean, just yeah. great as Catwoman. I mean, just one thing after the other. Commissioner Gordon, yep. fantastic. Yeah, um, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright, always good. Also, so yeah, there's a lot to like. It's worth checking out. Like I said, it is, it is dark. I I wonder how people are gonna receive it. And also, in addition to that, I I don't know. I'm not saying that I don't. I think this can't be top. But I don't know, as beloved as the Dark Knight series has become to people. Yeah. I don't know that you can, you're going to be able to top that in the popular culture.
1: I think if TikTok is any indication. Maybe maybe so you 100% so. I just know that
2: like IMDB right the, the biggest rating system we have the most democratic worldwide system we have you know Dark Knight is like the third or fourth ranked movie on there at all times <laughs> of now, all time. for like for yeah. like 15 years you yeah, know yeah. it's literally Shawshank Redemption Godfather 1 and 2 Dark Knight yeah so I mean in terms of popularity yeah and both, I know there's three know, movies the, yeah. there you know and I know, but it all yeah, kind of yeah. gets merged into one and I you know being the second biggest box office of all time when it came out and Heath Ledger's death all these things connected to that yeah. I, you know to me that the first batman is always kind of tim burton's batman like we've talked about because sure. i grew up with that one but um but yeah i think there'll be a new generation that this will be theirs this as is much their as batman. anything else and um especially if it continues so
1: uh i'm with you and i uh i encourage everybody to see it um i always think we can move on um sure but uh yeah batman
2: it's great we're not gonna spend a full three hours uh. like the movie
1: <laughs> on. so since the last uh time we talked uh here I saw Jackass Forever, which was just so wonderful. If I had never seen a Jackass movie, I had seen episodes of the show a million years ago. But, sure. Um, you had never seen a Jackass movie? No. Interesting. I've seen them all except for this one. This one is so fucking wonderful. And it does help that I saw it with a bunch of friends and of it course. was like a big group outing, It's a great one but, to go um, to. But uh, really wonderful. Um, I did watch Being the Ricardos, which you had seen and I yeah. hadn't. Um, what did you think? It actually, you know, last time we talked about it, I was like, I'm, I'm only a little bit bit into it, and I, I'm not sold on it yet. Um, by the end, I was like, this is wonderful. Me too. I, I re- really, really, really enjoyed it. It was incredibly strong. It just, I get why it didn't capture people. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I think that if you give it a chance. Uh, if you care at all about the the Lucy story and or just filmmaking kind of history, um, this is wonderful. Yeah, I really by the end. Love and again, it.
2: politically relevant and all these other things, things yeah. that happened in the past yeah. come back to the future. What a great ending! Really relevant, strong ending. It and all comes together
1: in a very climactic way and well uh, i don't even think that's possible in such a slow movie but it it was wonderful and worth watching regardless but i'll just say
2: if you're at all interested or you've kind of peeked behind the curtain at all sort of at production and how stuff works even though it is a different era i think you'll get even more out of it if if that's the case like i have some friends that i think would be more interested just in how did this work how was this put together what were they going through while dealing with this and and that also made it good so i'm glad you saw
1: it um I saw Uncharted, <laughs> which I highly recommend because uh, oh, it, okay. it is, it is uh, just so much more fun than anybody oh good um, could have imagined. It, it's based on a video game. So I think sure. people that are really into that video game, maybe they have some knowledge that I don't about it and maybe some preconceived notion. Um, but I just want to mention what the Rotten Tomatoes are for it. Actually, what do you think they are?
2: Well, I mean, you saying that it was a lot of fun makes yeah. me kind of feel like maybe the
1: tomato score is not as high. Okay, what do you what do you think the critics and audiences are?
2: I'm gonna say the critics gave this movie a sixty-two and audiences gave it a sixty-six.
1: Forty-one and ninety. Audiences ninety. So I just wanna point out that this does happen pretty often nowadays where there's such a wide spread. Sad, and um, it's super enjoyable. It's got lots of practical, fun adventure sets like that we, yeah. oh, we love that kind of stuff. And the, some of the set pieces you see some in the trailer of these ships um, kind of hung from Helica there's some genuinely outstanding, like
2: set pieces.
1: Um, well, wait, and
2: let me ask you this.: Yeah, on a scale of Indiana Jones <laughs> to National Treasure.
1: Okay, where on this chart are it's, we falling? Okay, well, okay, so let's do a one through ten. Ten being, um, ten being Indiana Jones, uh-huh. and one being National Treasure. This is probably like a four. Okay. Okay, because um, it seemed kind of National
2: Treasury, which is no problem with me. I enjoyed National treasure This it's is my point, rock. is
1: that is it, it, when I say four, that doesn't necessarily mean it's better than National Treasure. Yeah, no, no, no. It just means that it's closer to National Treasure, and I think that if you like National Treasure, this fits right in there. You know, you don't have Nick Cage, but Tom Holland's really fun and good, yeah. Yeah. and uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg has his well. moments, Um, and uh, just overall, and, it's super um, enjoyable. We've got Antonio Banderas bouncing around yes, in there, right? Yes, I don't know yes, how he course. is, but I always, I always like Antonio. So Absolutely. Um, uh, anyways, I encourage oh, cool, Uncharted. Man. That's uh, a, it's just a fun movie. That's fun good to hear
2: because I wasn't sure. From um, final, so. I'm
1: finally like getting around to a lot of Oscar movies that I had put off, and I'm still not hey, quite done. Since but, you mentioned that, yeah, tell me.
2: can we just say, do you feel like we talk about the Oscars a lot and kind of the problems with it and stuff. Do you think at all that part of it, the, the the issue now with the Oscars compared to how invested people seem to have been like 20, 25 years ago is the fact that we have we have pulled apart that far. I mean, it never felt like critics and audiences were 50 on a scale of 1 to 100, 50 levels apart is, like they often are now.
1: This is exactly the point. And is, I'm of
2: two minds about it because on one hand— Why are we that far apart? I don't want movies to keep getting so dumbed down. I, I know we hearken on the Marvel stuff, but like how you— you've lost any adult films. You know what I mean? Like, I I want there to be all kinds of films. But on the other hand, it's kind of like, clearly audiences are connecting with something. How disconnected do critics and kind of that upper elite academy voters have to be to not understand that these are the movies people
1: enjoy and want and like. It's frustrating, and it and it just adds more flame to the fire of like, why do we even watch the Oscars? Yeah. Why do we care? No, um, this bummer. is the first year that I completely wrote off the Golden Globes. I'm completely ignoring. I, know, I Haven't watched anything. I not only didn't watch the Golden Globes because I don't think they televised them this year.
2: Yeah,
1: but um, but I didn't even go back and look at who the winners were as an indication of what so I should sad. be paying attention to. And so, uh, I'm going to talk about that a little more when we talk about award shows later, but, um, okay. point being, uh, yeah, when you see these spreads of 50 points, you're kind of like, uh, something's not right that's here. Wild. Um, and, uh, I think that's just a great example of something that, uh, critics didn't kind of get because they're miserable bastards. <laughs> um, anyways, true. other Oscar true. movies, uh, some, uh, some Oscar movies that I've, I've caught up on. I saw summer of soul. Um, the Quest Questlove uh, yeah. joint, as he says. Um, and uh, that's really wonderful. That's just about a music festival that n- no one really has ever heard of for the most part. And so they have all this and footage of it. Yeah. Pretty wonderful. Um, saw Hand of God. Did you watch that yet? No. That's up for best international feature. Um, gosh, I think it's Italian. Anyways, beautiful film. One of the best-looking movies I've seen in a lot of years. The story is kind of all over the place. It's a little bit hard to even describe what the movie is, but I highly encourage um, Hand of God. uh, It's on Netflix. Um, Cyrano, I watched the other night in the theater, and that's the long, long long-awaited Joe Wright movie uh, with Peter Dinklage as the star I've been excited
2: for this for a while, but you can break my heart if you need to. No,
1: I really enjoyed it. It is bizarre. It is so bizarre. It is... Like nothing I've ever seen. Yeah. If you like musicals, which we've talked about, how I don't always like musicals, and you generally like musicals, um, correct? You should see this. Absolutely, cool. Um, it's beautiful. It is touching. It's really like gentle and tender. And then the best part is, I don't know if you knew this, um, but arguably my favorite band, The National. Um, wrote and produced all the music for it. It's all The Nationals. Nice, so the whole movie, you're really listening to The Nationals. Yeah, I know The Nationals. I didn't realize um, that. And uh, they produced it as well, or they're at least they have producer credits on it. Um, and uh, it's funny because uh, Matt, the lead singer of The National, has a very deep register. Um, Dinklage, when he sings, sounds just like Matt, which that is it's funny. Which is funny, because it's like, that's got to be sort of on purpose. And I bet Peter was probably a fan of them when he went into it and he he's kind of doing his impression of matt maybe sort of um but uh, that That being said it's just it's wonderful it's very accessible it's not so highfalutin and 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 bizarre and and periody it's it it feels like it's taking place in modern era so it's one of these kind of modern period musicals um but uh really 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 enjoyed it um and at the same time if you go see this you and anybody else and you go that was a pile of shit. I can't discount that that's a fair (laughs) (laughs) thing to say. Um, I don't think it is. I think it's beautiful and wonderful. all artists' objective. Um, But but it is truly, I would say, maybe a polarizing (laughs) movie for some people. Um, And uh, a couple other kind of Oscar-y ones uh, that I saw. Red Rocket, which really didn't get much Oscar stuff, but it was a small NDA 24 movie um, that's got kind of a problematic story but uh, it's wonderful from the guy that made the Florida Project. Um, it's a, a very, very well-made and exceptionally well-acted movie. Um, uh, Simon Rex stars in it, and he just won the Independent Spirit Award this weekend for Best Actor um, You know, in an indie this year. So uh, it's a significant role and a significant performance. It just simply was ignored by the Academy because I think the subject is a little bit too mm. uh, iffy. Um, for them, I would imagine. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, uh, I got to see all the Oscar short animation, live action stuff. I'm not going to get into those, but uh, a lot of wonderful stuff there too. So, Anyways, that's you you don't have to tell me which ones
2: because I haven't seen them yet. But you have like, did you come away with those with like a definitive? I think this is the best. I do. I I didn't
1: really write down. I I feel like when we watch the Oscars together, I don't don't even need to know. I was just curious if yeah, because it is. It stands to reason that you can watch some of these. A lot of these are produced by you know small outfits and some are on netflix some are on youtube so it is possible to watch these shorts out there but um you know they show it in theaters and they have them all together um but yeah there are some that are better that are definitely the standouts and hopefully they win um but uh we'll see um what what have you seen that uh, you want to talk about
2: did you see the uh the comedy that came out it's charlie day um uh, oh, I want you back. No, how'd you like it? It's with, on my uh, list.
1: Eastwood's kid. Yeah, and, yeah, um What's the actress's name? Um, the uh, Jenny, Slate. Jenny Slate. Jenny Slate. I love Jenny Slate.
2: Really yeah. enjoyed it, man. Um, really good film. Not a great film. Really good That's film. Really enjoyable you say film. That. Okay. Um, just a, a just a nice one to put on. Um, everybody's does really well in it. There's a lot of funny fun beats, there's some very heartwarming stuff, there's some heartbreaking stuff. Um it's just a good fun ride. Um and yeah, I, I mean I'm I'm a fan of Jenny Slate and Charlie Day already, yeah. So like it helps people. that like I already really enjoy both of them, but yeah, I was uh I was on board. It's worth checking out. Definitely see it. Um, I saw Pete
1: Davidson's in it too. Small small role. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah.
2: There's a uh, there's a bunch of funny stuff. There's a bunch of funny stuff in it. It's
1: but, it's on my short list of stuff to watch. I'm trying to get through the Oscar stuff and then uh, sure, sure some of this fun stuff. Um, yeah, that's cool.
2: Um, I caught up on Death on the Nile, which you talked about last Hi, time. You saw it. Felt the same as you, just really enjoyed it. Um, thought it was really beautiful. Yeah, um, it's beautiful. It was interesting to me because you know, we went and saw uh, Murder on the Orient Express, which I feel like is a, of the two um, stories they're based on. I feel like is probably the more famous or the more well known yeah.
1: of the stories. Yeah, except this one's bad. I found, yeah, <laughs> I
2: found this so much more powerful in that yes, its connection to the main detective storyline and that humanity, the whole opening bit. Um, Kind of his past and that, origin. Didn't story that there. throw you
1: for a loop? That oh, beginning, yeah. I genuinely was like, I guess I'm in the right movie. Of course, this feels bizarre. Sure, and it turns out that it's a a really wonderful way to start that movie. And that yeah. with the
2: button on the end, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of this idea of like love and how dangerous it is, and how you have to open yourself up to pain and hurt. That connected to kind of murder and betrayal, and you know, lust and all these other things. And then setting it on the Nile with. You know going by pyramids where like they talk about these wives were sealed up with their husbands you know yes. what I mean like it's just all of it all of it just really worked I, I don't know I'm just gonna get rambly here so, hey, I'll, no, so I'll it does just work yeah. but it really really works and it's worth checking out and it's a good film Um, and yeah people should definitely uh, see that one if they get a chance Um, the other one that uh, I don't know if you've seen I don't know if we've talked about was the new scream movie did you see oh, yeah new I did see it, yeah what did you think about the new scream
1: so I liked it Um, I there, did too. there's a lot of mixed opinions out there but I'm not the target audience for this I don't really care about the other Me screams <laughs> or horror movies or where they all sit amongst each other uh, I just super in- like you know what's weird about that scream is that I saw it very late like when it was leaving theaters I saw it and um, you know it was like virtually no one else in the theater and it was a middle of the day on a weekday and I genuinely was more excited for the ride of that movie meaning like going into it Right than virtually anything else I've seen in recent months, I was just like, "Yes, take me on a weird, yeah. silly horror yeah. ride." Because I always know that Scream is not going to be that; it's not going to be scary. Yeah, it's, it's simultaneously just, spoof it's an and entertaining. And it's just entertainment. It's just it's a it's a I don't even know what genre it is. It's like it's more like it's more like action. I don't, we need to think of a name. Meta horror,
2: right? Like it's not, it's not outright horror. I don't know. I, it's I would, not. I wouldn't even... I,
1: yeah, I think it's, it's not, not fair to call like it horror. I feel like you have it's to put like it there because it's a like Yeah, or something that's, that's that. what it is. Yeah. Pop horror is pop the way horror. to go. <laughs> yes,
2: it's the pop art of the horror genre. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because it's fun and you leave not it's taking It's genuinely
1: of... fun. You don't... like. You're not bracing going into it. Yeah. Going, oh, it it fuck, got... I this thought this
2: be... one This one definitely got more gorier than any of the other ones, but that's kind of just the nature of the evolution. We've never seen like a knife slowly go through a hand or into right. a throat i mean that's yeah. just not what you've done good however stuff. um it was still just as goofy in other ways and
1: I'm how good as you, is David Arquette in it? I was getting there. He was always was so silly. Now he's so
2: good. And, and that was actually really the most interesting thing in the whole movie. He's I the thought the, of the new movie. group of kids to me, I thought were really good. It's yes. hard to take that on and be like a new group. I didn't think that worked in scream Four, right, and I thought right, this group right. really worked, but I will say neither of us are big horror fans. So like you said, we're going to be less offended by this than say, if somebody fucked with back to the future or yeah, star right. Wars or the rings. Totally. So I understand why some people might be that way. However, if you're going to carry on with the series, and I'm not saying you should, I've argued against carrying on with series endlessly. Yeah. But if you're going to, I don't know how you can fault them for going this way. Like mm-hmm. I think this is a good way to carry oh, it totally on. Totally logical. If you are doing
1: yeah, it. Yeah. No. No annoyance from me. On yeah. That. And yeah. I
2: mean more so than the TV show they tried or with the fourth movie. I just think this one was a better kind of reboot slash sequel. And also, again, they've always gotten into the meta kind of discussing what the.
0: Issues are in these movies. Yes. <laughs>
2: this one had one of the most fun, if not the most fun ever, version of that, where they start to discuss the differences the kids of reboots versus sequels versus they have reimaginings a whole and when, yeah. It, yeah, and that was they're clearly in on the joke, and that was a lot of fun. So I, I, I recommend that one if you're a, a Scream fan or if you're not, it's a it's a fun movie. Yeah, to really check good. out really um another one. I wanted to talk about. Um, this is not going to be anything you've seen, I'm sure, but I just got to bring it up because I spent, I've had some medical issues and I've been home a lot. So I've been watching stuff on television a lot and there's a movie called black Sunday and it is not a classic sixties horror movie. That's also called black Sunday. That's probably the one that'll get mentioned the most. This is a seventies thriller. Um, and it's, let me think now I'm going to, I might be end up blanking, but, um, all right, I'm going to look up the actors. Okay. But while I'm doing that, I'm just going to mention that this movie is batshit crazy. And if you have a chance to see it and you want to watch something that seems like a sort of B movie version of like a James Bond plot from the Roger Moore <laughs> era, um, okay. you know what I mean? Sure. If that's something you're looking for, then <laughs> this is the movie for you. Um, Bruce Stern, that's who I was oh, trying sure, to yeah. think of. So. It's Bruce Dern. It's Robert Shaw. In some ways, it is a very dark um, sort of meditation and storyline about terrorism, really, coming to the United States. But the plot is that a soldier who has been sort of brainwashed, sort of a la Manchurian Candidate, has come back. He's going to pilot the the Goodyear blimp. He's going to pilot it into the stadium, like above the stadium at the Super Bowl. Now, what would you think is going to happen at that point if you were you're intending to spread terror and create devastation?
1: Going to blow it up, bomb,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. You'd think bomb, Um, especially since this really gets into the politics of like Israel versus you know all this Middle East stuff and people who have been wronged and they're coming over to the U.S. and they're going to create damage. So you are in the arms trading world where maybe you get a hold of a nuke or something like that. The plot of this movie is they're going to fly the Goodyear blimp over this stadium, and they are going to blow up a small explosive that is then going to shoot hundreds, thousands of darts into the stadium (laughs) that will kill all of these people. Holy shit. And I mean like darts as in you go to the bar and you throw darts into the target. And I can't tell you how much fun I had watching this, (laughs) watching this movie. And I'm not kidding that it gets really serious at certain points, but it's just the whole time I was like, darts. That's what we're doing. Darts. That's what we settled on, huh? And this is a gritty '70s terrorist movie. I mean, it's not like the '80s of Spielberg and Lucas and stuff. There's but
1: no camp, but there's darts. Yeah, <laughs> I, I
2: had to bring it up because it's it was so weird and it was so strange.
1: That sounds real, real wild. Um, so um,
2: yeah, I I don't know what might else might you really call it a hidden gem? About it. No, <laughs> I
1: Probably don't
2: know. Not. I don't know if I can elevate it to hidden gem yeah, yeah. status. I'm just saying know, if you I'm want that, check it out. Another one that I watched though that's um I think it's on Netflix. I think it's Netflix. It might've been Amazon. I think it's Netflix, but um, uh, it's called Django and Django. I don't know. And it's a documentary. And of course, Quentin Tarantino is involved and it essentially uh, discusses the original Django character from Spaghetti Westerns that inspired him to do Django Unchained. But also he goes into, the cool thing about it that you'll enjoy and that I enjoyed, uh, being fans of like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, his entire fictional storyline Of, you know, uh, Leo's character going to Italy and making these movies, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure is in the novelization. I know you've read it and I haven't. Some of that's probably more in there. But um, it's all based on, you know, this character primarily and the director of this character and the movies he made, which Tarantino says this is the second best spaghetti Western filmmaker. You know, clearly Sergio Leone, who made Good Man the Ugly, is the best. He was the one who elevated it to high art. This is the guy who just rattled off a bunch of B-movies, but they're all really enjoyable and stand out in that way. So uh, Django and Django, if you're interested at all yeah, in the storyline, awesome. it's a cool little documentary and a lot of really interesting interviews, just a lot of really interesting points that are brought up. So I would recommend that one That's as
1: well. That's very cool. Um, yeah, documentaries are are very valuable. <laughs> What's that yeah. other one think- you told me about that was about um, – Oh God, it was the man on the hill or uh, sad hill on earth, sad hill on earth. That one Um, I relate
2: to even more just because it's a story of like passion and fans and how much you can get attached to a work of art. To where you end up kind of making another work of art uh, in in that way.
1: These just seem like two that I I need to watch uh, because they're right up my alley. You'll enjoy them Um, for sure. That's cool. That's cool. I'm
2: going to save the other big one that I watched uh, for a little bit later. Okay,
1: um, that's fair. But I'm ready to Um, move on if you are. And uh, I just wanted to mention also that um, I did watch a couple that are kind of uh, much newer. Uh, There's Kimmy on uh, on HBO. Yeah, I didn't get around to that. Which Which is is Steven Soderbergh's new movie starring... Uh, Zoe Zoe Kravitz, uh, yet again, talking about Zoe, and uh, it has some other great people in it too, but um, it's just a wonderful pandemic movie. You know, these movies that are coming out that clearly, you know, a very small group of people made a very kind of small story uh, during the pandemic. Soderbergh is great at that kind of stuff, yet it looks it's it's more polished than most soderberg movies um mm, okay. it's not quite as stylistic it's a little bit more grounded as a as just a a fun feature um and it, it's a, kind of a thriller it's like kind of like a tech thriller um but it is uh i would say way better than it has any business being but you know what it was written by david kep who's written yeah, like okay. Jurassic Park and a sure. bunch of great, great stuff. Um, and he's written some not so great stuff too, but he, but he's just a, a super solid like entertainment blockbuster uh, screenwriter. And so uh, watch Kimmy. It's really, really good. Um, yeah, and, check it out. Uh, yeah, it's just great. Um, and then uh, lastly, I saw the other night, Studio 666, which is the yeah. Foo Fighters movie. I saw movie. that you had
2: rated that and I literally saw that you had rated it <laughs> An hour after I found out about the movie (laughs) That
1: it existed Because I
2: watched The Hot Ones I don't know if you've ever seen Hot Ones Oh yeah, The the Hot Ones is great With um, With Dave Dave Kroll And he started talking about how that idea came up And how they wanted to make a movie um and that's interesting. That it's you a, then saw
1: it's, it. a uh, it's an entertaining movie. Um, in that I know it's bad. You I mean, watch the Foo Fighters like be in a horror movie together, and uh, and there's a lot of good cameos. Um, really funny. Who's the, who's uh, Magruber? What's his name again? Oh Jesus, um, he's in um, it. <laughs> he
2: deserves us to remember his no, name. No, no, I know he's one of our cor- all-time yeah. favorite.
1: Uh, Will, Will 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 uh, Forte. Will yeah. Forte. Uh, Will Forte is in it. Um, and then you have like Whitney Cummings is in it. Um, fucking there's some great cameos. Um, but you know what the Foo Fighters, uh, as much as we love them, they're not actors. Um, and so it's a little bit of a struggle to get through a movie without <laughs> them having any acting sure, sure. experience. Really? Um, Dave is great. He somehow acts just fine. Um, but, um, it's not a particularly good movie in that it's it's a little too long. They they I think they were a little bit too kind of like obsessed with what they had. That right. they, they couldn't detach from that. I think they – and it's a short movie, meaning if it were cut down anymore, it wouldn't really be a feature <laughs> right. film. Um, but I still think that they could have cut 15, 20 minutes out of it and it would have been really entertaining. Right. Um, like make it a one-hour movie that's free on YouTube or something like that. Um, but uh, but it is still worth watching if you if you like horror and gore. Um, it's very gory. It's got lots of practical gore that's really fun. Okay. Um. So, anyways, I think that's all we need to talk about with movies. Um, just a, I only have a little bit on television. I've got um, more
2: TV, so yeah, you so Start.
1: I'll do my couple, and then uh, and then you'll you'll do a bunch. Um, Severance is a new show on Apple TV that I highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, it is from Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller most recently, you know, executive produced and mostly directed Escape at Danamora*. if you remember that. Okay. Um, he just is showing his chops. Ben Stiller is an outstanding director and clearly has a great eye for a lot of things. Um, and this is no different. He's not directing all of these. He's, he's executive producing, like show running and, and uh, directing some. Um, but anyway, Severance is starring Adam Scott. Who we love and uh, a bunch of other great people. Um, uh, uh, Oh gosh, what's uh, what's her name from uh, Boyhood? The mom from Boyhood that uh, Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette is the other kind of co lead, and she was in Escape at Dannemora. Also, Um, Um. she's just wonderful. Um, And uh, there's a lot of great people in it. A lot of great beats. It's still airing. It's only maybe three or four episodes in. Okay, Um, but uh, highly recommend Severance. Um, Picard season two has started. I don't know if you remember, but I sure remember hating the first season with a pretty deep passion. And I think what we landed on was that you didn't, weren't as bothered by it as I was. Yeah.
2: I remember you hating it and I certainly wasn't championing it, but it fell somewhere in the middle for all the Star Trek series to me. Yeah. At just this like, oh. point,
1: we have both stopped watching discovery. So something has changed, right? Our tolerance has even, I mean, I do hate discovery. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's fair. That's I, fair. I, I have to say, I mean, there's just, I don't know. It, uh, yeah. Discovery is <laughs> trash, but you know what? At the time that Picard season one aired, if you had asked me, I would have said, you know what? I enjoy Discovery. I'm, I'm able to enjoy Discovery. Ooh, this is where we And I am unable to enjoy Picard. Right. Okay. okay. Well, clearly I've stopped watching Discovery, so that gave. I'm done right. with that, right. and I can no longer enjoy it. Picard, episode one only of this second season, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed.
2: Awesome. That's great. Um,
1: and this is Guinan is back by episode one is back. I know she's back. So this is relevant because this week Paramount is doing a pop-up bar called 10 forward that we're going to, Hey, by the way, we're drinking a hot Earl gray out of,
2: the, oh yeah, we are the
1: screen accurate Bodum cups from Next Generation. Feeling great, um, so it all it all connects. <laughs> Anyways, the point being that it's uh, all happening. I don't know how the rest of the season's going to go. We kind of know where it's going to go conceptually from the trailers, but uh, the first episode was so much more competent than the entirety of the first season that I'm blown away by how well they shifted gears um, while you know, still, you know, Patrick Stewart. Is still a little bit of kind of the issue here because he's he's pretty old, you know. Much much love sure, and respect yeah. for Patrick Stewart, but he's pretty old. He struggles to kind of get around, but but conceptually they've built enough of a story around him so that we're not reliant on him like being an action star or doing or saying and doing lots of crazy shit. Like so he you're did saying, in the first it's not going to
2: be Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones at eighty.
1: I mean, maybe it will be, but you know, it remains <laughs> to be seen. But I'm, I'm. This is really just the review of that first episode, and uh, there's a lot of like fun stuff that happens so far. So I'm, I'm just excited for it. We're going to the pop up bar this weekend. Um, that's good to hear. No, man. no, no that's Picard. cool. Check You'd it be out.
2: amazed how. I guess it's okay for me to talk about this because we're into TV. But yeah. be amazed how many of the fan uh, videos that have popped up just, um, just you know. absolutely dogging the new Amazon Lord of the Rings series and just absolute (laughs) fear. it would be amazed how much of them uh, (laughs) reference certain like writers or one particular writer or producers that are also involved in Discovery. It's popped up like on three or four videos where they're like, and we all know what a piece of shit that is. So like so much of them going after it has been like, and we also know this sucks and it has been interesting. I've thought about you when that's come up. I'm not saying that's my opinion. I'm just saying that's what I'm hearing left and right. So a little nervous about that. Um, You know,
1: I forgot to mention real quick before we go on with TV that the, 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 the big change between season one and season two of Picard is the showrunner. Michael Shabon was the, was the showrunner of the first season and he wrote like all the episodes and um, he's got a Pulitzer Prize. He's very well respected, but I, I just I I can't help but mostly blame him because he's the showrunner. Sure, the yep. new guy is a young guy, um, Terry. This is the new guy, m a t a l a s M A T A L A S Um Anyways, he is much more of like a diehard TNG fan. Nice. And uh, many nice. other things. He has a DeLorean time machine. He he hey. he's friends with Joe Walser, who is the guy that redid the time machine for Universal Studios. Yeah, that's awesome. um, so he's in that crew, and and he just seems like maybe a better person to helm this. I'm following him on Twitter, and his 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 exposure on Twitter and his communication with the fans about the show and everything has been so much more like. Just normal and and uh, and and endearing than anything that Michael Shabon did. Uh, so I just think uh, it's in better hands. And you sure. know they they shot season two and season three of Picard concurrently. So they just wrapped wow, on season that. three like yesterday. I did not realize that. And so we're getting an end of the Picard show in season three. Um and then the implication is that they're gonna probably spin it off, you know. Wow, okay. Because they have a lot of characters, sure, and sure, stuff sure. And, yeah. and sets that they've made. And shit. Interesting, yeah. Um, I so, didn't know that. Yeah, I'm behind on the news. Anyways, that's that's all. Um, and and I'll just mention that there are some shows that uh, that I'm not well. Killing Even Better Things have started back. Those are great shows. Nothing to say there. Um, 1883 ended. That was a great show. Um, Winning Time started, which I know you're going to probably talk about in a second. Yes, moment. I am. Um, but before we do that, there are two shows that I started. That I gave up on after the first episode Ooh. that started this week. One is Super Pumped, which is a Showtime series about the guy that started Uber. Oh
2: yeah, oh yeah.
1: Um, starring I Joseph just Gordon-Levitt, get and into it. I, uh, I don't care about that show. Uh, and then I started Our Flag Means Death on HBO, and much love to all those guys. It's a Taika T D show, and uh, and you know, um, so many great people in it that we love, but uh, I just don't care. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, so that's all I got on TV. I,
2: I could see why you would think that. We also watched Our Flag is Death, although we ran right through the first three that were there. You did, okay. Not because we loved them. Um, it was enough for us. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say, probably. We were laughing. Right. There, were, there were parts that we thought were really, really funny. It's
1: the kind mm-hmm. of show where you go, ah, <laughs> there were
2: parts. Yeah, okay, I, yeah. Can't, I can't <laughs> tell people you got to see this. I just, you know, it's not like um, even... Uh, uh, what We Do in the Shadows, which I think the show is really brilliant, just right, as the movie right. was. Um, but yeah, we like Taika, so we, uh, we we watched them. We'll probably keep watching it, but totally. yeah, it's not something that I'm saying anybody has to watch. Um, are you still... Uh, actually, I can't even remember. We, did we talk about Pam and Tommy? No, I have not watched that yet. You like okay. it? Yeah. It's... um. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. It's on my it list. Yeah. There, there's just too many things that are just subject-wise and and you know, the things that happened and having kind of lived through that, even though we were kids. Yeah. That we happened a little young. So yeah. revisiting it now and kind of unmasking it and seeing all the elements to it. Sure. Um, the show is good. It's it's fine. Right. It's not incredible, but it's, it's more just, just like the information that time period the story. and what happened. Yeah. Is fascinating enough. And kind of what it says about nothing that you don't already know, but what it says about the different sexes and how we're treated and everything else. But also, Kind of how mo- much more aware of that we are now than we were then. Um yeah. it's worth checking out. Um, That's cool. Still on Resident Alien, yeah. got around <laughs> to seeing the South Park Lord of the Rings episode, and <laughs> let me tell you, isn't
1: that a great that concept was
2: for an, an episode? Absolute all timer for me. It's, and South Park. It, has I put think out it will end up
1: being one of the top South Park episodes. Uh, for me also. I just cannot... because of how
2: simple yes. that is. How did that joke... And you think <laughs> it must have just been...
1: It can't how, have been laying in wait. How long did they have that idea? Because if they, because genuinely, if they woke up a week before they that show aired and they went, you know what we could do? And that's what <laughs> if I think they happened. they did that? And that's why my mind is blown. Because I, they think... end the episode playing with the audience yes. in such a way that, hey... Did you, did you not know this all along? I think along? part of them beating of us over the
2: head <laughs> with that is me- them being like, they I they can't believe we missed this joke. <laughs> like, it was already a joke that worked really well, having yeah. Token, right? right? It was already a joke because of they, everything. They,
1: it's one layer For it now. to
2: now be another joke. I don't know. It, it, just, I, it just, I'm brilliant. glad you watched I, I don't that. know what else to say. Yeah, just brilliant.
1: Because by the way, they've had, I think four episodes of this new season and uh, three of them have been utterly forgettable.
2: And it's the only one we watched that
1: one is just on another level for me. So the good. whole time I was just God, like, so good. This is brilliant.
2: So yeah. Yeah. All timer. Even if you don't really like <laughs> South park, it's like an episode. Because they're that's worth at their watching.
1: best when it's simple. And in that episode, they are not tackling any current event. The most recent episode, episode four, is tackling the, the Russia stuff. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, because it aired like four days after Russia invaded. And Fuckers. So they squeezed in the episode like they do. But, you know, I just think that they need to pare down and like – do some sure. simple episodes. Sure. Yeah. Anyways, go on,
0: go
2: on. Uh, Well, the other one, I was the other two. I'm going to mention. Yeah. Um, we, I've talked to you about this before, and Jess has certainly mentioned it. But uh, after party, which we're fans. Oh of, yeah, I saw watched that. Came to an end, um, and just satisfying uh, as it cool. came to an end. Satisfying throughout. Actually, a a good mystery. Like it's mainly there. It's mainly fun because again. The genres and styles kind of change with each perspective. It's right. one of those Rashomon things where you get different perspectives on the same thing, but the genres change along with it. So the filmmaking's a little bit different, mm-hmm. um, and then it's just all the different great people who are in it. That's the main reason you watch. But by the end, uh, actually works as a pretty tight, solid little mystery. You know what I mean as well. So that's satisfying too, which I didn't really expect. That's cool from the beginning, um, and then of course, as we already mentioned, the last one, uh, Winning Time: The Rise of the Lakers yeah. Dynasty. I mean, this was always <laughs> probably gonna be a hit for me. Yeah. Because it is very much like when Last Dance came out. Uh-huh. It's what I'm down to watch. Yeah. Um, but man, I-, I couldn't have been more I'm just very excited to move forward. And it was one of those where I I genuinely wonder if you don't love the NBA and NBA history, you know, and you're not as interested. Yeah, like like Kelly may be. <laughs> so I'm curious. in, in that case Does it strike a chord? Because one, I I loved how much it just, you know, clearly it is shot to look like, at least in little beats, like stuff of that era, even with like the graininess of like camera shots and stuff like that. But also, you know, I'm constantly going, oh, oh. Jerry West, you know yeah. what I mean like like you know and, and like I'm you know yelling that's Elgin Baylor, the picture he's looking at, you know, and stuff like that, and Jess is like, oh cool, Nerd. you know and has has no idea what any of that stuff is, so I'm curious what what kind of a impact it had
1: on you, yeah, or didn't dude, I'll tell you i uh i'm I'm one step shy of like i oh, yeah, loved it like i I think it's I think it's awesome. hard to. No because I don't know what I don't yeah, know. I don't yeah. know anything about this story and I think that's the thing that I love about it is that you are excited because you do know the story or at least to some extent. There's still some great surprises but, but yeah. yet but. I'm over here not knowing it at all and that is an equal amount of excitement. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm seeing something new that I don't sure. know anything about. Sure. So I think it's a combination of that. It's a, you know, it's an LA centric show in the seventies. And obviously there might be some nineties that we bounce to. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's yeah. hard to know how much that'll come in, but seventies era, um, LA and you have, um, uh, uh What's his name? Um, <laughs> Magic Johnson, Irvin Johnson. Um, yeah, of course. It's it's about his Doctor, story. Doctor Bus, but um, um, but Dr. John J. C. Riley is always yeah. great. And so you have essentially um, like a playground that Adam McKay is playing in, yeah. and it really feels like that. It feels like everyone involved in it is just like, ah, yeah, this is so rich. Yeah, there's so yeah. much rich. There's so many rich, you know, characters and story and time period and elements. And like you said, it looks really neat, too. Um, You know, Adam McKay is one of my favorite filmmakers, with the exception of Don't Look Up, which I just didn't care about at all. Um, I think most of his movies are extremely interesting. And um, and he brings things, if nothing else, he tells stories, you know, things like Vice and Big Short and, you know, some other things. He uh, brings things to light in a way that they're digestible. Yeah. And um, that includes talking to the camera and explaining right. things. Right. And I just think that he's developed a style that is recognizable and satisfying. And so anything he does, I'm like, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. And then you yeah. add to it, this LA era and, and the fact that the Lakers are such an institution here and it, and it, it just is exciting. And like you said, I'm, I'm ready for it to ha- happen. Yeah. I it's it's know, such a
2: rich, yeah. uh, you know, field to mine kind right. of, you know what I mean? And, you know, I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, but when, back when my, uh, Our buddy Adam and my former writing partner were were working on stuff. We actually tried at one point to develop a series, and so much of it was built around the same ideas of this. Uh Um, It was a 70s era. It was a little bit earlier than this is taking place, and obviously it wasn't a true story. But it was built around the ABA-MBA merger. Okay. And we had kind of built we we absolutely wanted it to center around sort of the royal family of basketball, which was very much based on Dr. Bus's family. However, in, in ours, it was the you know at the time that Kobe had gotten a little older for the first time ever wasn't that effective, and he was like broken down, but he was making a lot of money, so we wanted to have like the aging star who was making too much, the children who were taking over. The it was kind of the opposite. This one is. One a true story, and two it's Doctor Bus buying the team and yeah. the rise to glory. And Irish was kind of the after that. And okay, you know what happens when the kids of the king, you know, take over. But style wise, the minute this started, I was just like, "Well, this is precisely 100 percent what I had in my head." Yeah, I don't, I can't speak for Adam, but when I, you know, when I was mm-hmm. thinking through what we were trying to to do, but I'm very excited about this and the fact that this is the true story is. Uh, you know i can't wait to see it unfold and learn new things and also i was very surprised spoiler alert if you haven't seen it uh, with them opening with magic johnson right. 92 At the doctor. being or 91 92 that year yeah. Uh, season being at the doctor with what we know became the HIV um, diagnosis. Right. Um that is not what I expected. I expected us to start with kind of where Work all the previews that. have been. Yeah. Um but we were there and then we jumped back and I assume we won't get back there until the very end. But um That's what I'm missing, But I'm yeah. very, very uh excited. I really enjoyed the first episode. I cannot wait uh for yeah, the it's, it's new installment.
1: A, a, an excellent show and I think it's gonna end up being one of the, you know, one of the big dramas of the season or the year, you know, uh, people will look back on and be kind of like, Complimentary, of, and, yeah.
2: and very few things have made me laugh and also completely, <laughs> I completely agree with then when you first see bus and he's laying in bed and just, if yeah. there's two things that make me believe in God, it's sex and basketball. Yeah, he's yeah. like, like there's, there's only two things in the world that make yep. me know there's a God yep. and here they are. He's just, there's something. So he must've been like this in real life, right? Because he's this playboy and he has a lot of, um, personality traits that we like to, especially in America, I think condemn, um, but he just seems to be so likable, which is everything you hear about him anyway. He seemed to live with such joy that even though he's playing fast and loose and doing things that a lot of times people are like, "Oh, yeah. you, you can't do it that way." It seems like he was just one of those guys that, for whatever reason, people just kind of let it he's go. He's a very pleasant because character he's so enjoyable. So far. Yeah. yeah,
1: he he's nice to people. He's he's polite. Um, you know maybe he's, smart, he's not he's I don't know but you know and, and he's obviously I'd you be know, shocked
2: pl- if that changes that by all accounts this is who he was this excitement yeah, yeah. and this kind of lust for life I would say is kind just of, of always smiling and it's yeah.
1: nice yeah um, well yeah winning time on HBO that's pretty good check um, it out what else do we have TV wise I uh, I wish
2: that uh, Lord of the Rings was going to be on HBO <laughs>
1: yeah sure <laughs> I'm just going to keep um, arguing we're going to come back to that in a few months no those uh, are those are, those are <laughs> the ones
2: I mean Resident Alien continues yeah. it's still uh, how's
1: the how's the the episode with the play and the the, the Uncle Daddy song and <laughs> all that shit it's it, it is such a goofy fun show yeah. but it there is yeah. Just some real genius in the writing of that show that is so much better than uh, than you could ever and imagine be, on yeah. the Sci-Fi Channel. And
2: again, the fit is just too good for words between the lead actor, and, yeah. and the role. It's yeah. just it's just one of those things where it just happens and it's lucky. So,
1: um, well, should we move on? News. Let's do some news. Cool. Uh, I also just want to mention that Patrick's wearing a blockbuster shirt and I'm wearing a Universal Studios shirt. So hell yeah, we're, oh, yeah. we're <laughs> in the right place. Represent baby. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about some news. Um, right around the time we last recorded, uh, Ivan Reitman passed away, which is such a bummer. He's an all-time director. Um, meatballs, Stripes, Ghostbusters, Twins. Yeah. Ghostbusters too. Kindergarten Cop, Dave Jr. Oh, wow. Father's Day, Six Days Seven Nights. And Man. one movie that we did for our uh, commentary, Evolution. A lot of movies um, and shit favorites. Yeah, yeah, exactly my point. Six Days, Seven Nights is an all-timer for us. Yeah, we um, love it. We we love it. Um, anyways, so that was in the news. That was very sad. He was only seventy-five, not too old. Um. So also in the news, uh, did you see that Natalie Portman founded a soccer team here in L.A.? No. Natalie what? Portman started a women's pro soccer team called Angel City. And, uh I really? assume they're going to be playing at the Coliseum. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is because I know we have two soccer teams in right, town right. and they have different venues. I don't know anything about that, but I just think that's cool that she founded <laughs> it and uh, – that's just a thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know anything about that, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Me neither. Dave was renewed for season three. Um, oh, we, I, you know, I wondered. I we wondered. enjoyed um, season two, but did not love it as much as season one, I think. I as, think we appreciated season two
2: yeah. more than we enjoyed it. I did think that the ending really landed. But, yeah. it, was, uh, but it, was, it took uh, nine episodes it was a trudgery, to get to the tenth trudgery to get landing. through, as opposed to joy to get through.
1: Correct, correct. Um, so it sounds like Chris Pine and Zach Quinto are both back for a fourth Star Trek. Um, yeah, confirmed the whole, that. the whole crew is back. I, JJ I is back, um, directing, of course, you know, that was, uh, the thing all along was, well, we don't have Checkoff anymore that Anton Yelchin died. Zoe Saldana spoke to this um, Yeah, in an interview. But, um, you know, they'll figure it out and, uh, maybe we'll get another one of those. Um, Indiana Jones uh, 5 wrapped filming. <laughs> so Harrison Ford hadn't died, hasn't died, so that's good. Hold on um, to your hats. He is still with us. Um, oh, man, knock on did wood. You, yeah. uh, did you catch – this is so stupid, but I figured this is a fun thing to discuss. Um, okay, so I watched too much TikTok, but one that I watched the other day that really um, stood out was that uh, – <laughs> the bucket list mandela effect situation it's it's not a situation in that i saw one tiktok about it so it's not it's not anything but we know what the mandela effect is right correct the concept of having yeah, a memory sure. of something being one way but it wasn't that way sure sure um the effect is that the movie the bucket list is the first time that phrase existed in no, popular culture no no see, bullshit, patrick, see this bullshit. is the effect no, patrick no. immediately says no, no immediately immediately no way this
2: i i know that i'd heard that that uh this is the topic, effect ladies and gentlemen
1: you're seeing it you're hearing it in real time this it's a, it's like a mix this of frustration and anger there's definitely some anger in there this, this is um, the, i haven't felt and this
2: confusion. way i haven't felt this way since the great uh, internet sadness debate. the great internet debate of whether or not there was a uh, kazam to go along with shaq Sh- Shazam, Shazam. that ha- was starring sinbad
1: which no. apparently no. half the
2: population believes no. existed it's,
1: even it's, though it never existed yeah people are that and that's a good one that's a good one that people have made up because they've conflated other words so and wait a concepts. minute
2: this the- this idea is that bucket
1: list really wasn't a term in popular culture until the movie is called the bucket list in, and it in 2008. came out to, yeah 2008. Not that long ago. Um, and the, uh, the way that the screenwriter of that movie and creator of that yes. movie uh, wrote that script was that they, uh, they basically said, I want to have a movie about people who have a list of things they do before they die. And there's a line of dialogue in the movie uh, before you know, kick the, the bucket. Kick the bucket is a phrase that has existed a long time. And then he thought about what to name it, and he came up with the phrase, the bucket list.
0: <laughs> I Listen, <laughs> I listened
2: to a whole series on false memories
0: Okay, <laughs> with
2: um, a revisionist history, um, the revisionist history guy who's really smart, and I can't yeah, remember his name. Sure. Um, but that set aside... <laughs> I'm
1: positive. Say positive.
2: That we... Uh, confidence
1: <laughs> is mixed in there. The
2: bucket list. Conviction. The, the term bucket list before that movie came out because I feel like even in college we had these conversations. Now maybe, maybe, that because I'm an open-minded person, the term wasn't used and it was just the idea and now we've attached it with it. I but, think that's the point I to be made here is that we have, we've always had the idea of things to
1: do before we die.
2: I'm very confident my that the bucket list was not... <laughs> invented for that movie okay fair but enough. again but again By i, the I way, could be wrong First memories this happen up, all the
1: time i bring this up in the news section because um it's very important news no because it's <laughs> something that i i encourage everyone like go do your own research and uh and if you feel strongly like patrick does about this then um <laughs> you can write in and you know send us a little voice memo of like this is bullshit, blah, 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 blah. Here's why. Here's yeah. my evidence. Yeah. Here's blah, blah, blah. And uh, by the way, I did not look into this at all because I think it's more fun to not do research on sure. something. Sure, sure. Um, and just like totally- most Americans and, and just parrot what you've heard on social media immediately on your platform. That's <laughs> that's how I think the news it's The safest way to should do it. Be.
2: Hey, now listen, I-, I know I've talked to you about this off pod, but there was a a giant Sociological um, experiment um, that was run right after nine eleven, where and this is why I say, although I feel certain okay. that I have false memories and I don't know, yeah, where they essentially interviewed as many people as they could um, from really all over, but some from New York, some from New Jersey, close by, and because they they immediately realized, okay, this is an event that is going to be remembered, kind of like the JFK assassination right. stuff, where it'll just be one of those things that everyone says they know where they were or when and yada yada. And they took statements and it was, I think within like a week or so, they got all these done or maybe two weeks and they took statements and they had people write it out in their own handwriting and they sealed up these envelopes and they interviewed these people 10 years later. Oh, this is great. And it's like 90% inaccurate uh, to memories. everyone's memories of what yeah. happened. Now, when I say 90%, a lot of that is just small details, yeah. but there is a significant percentage of people who believed, and th- these are things that they cited who believed I was on a plane when the towers were hit, and they had to reroute and land us. Huh. And that person was never on a plane. Right. What happened was their flight the next day got canceled. Right. And they probably were terrified and had dreams and thought, "Oh my God, what if I had been on a plane? What would and have you happened?" Kind of. And slowly all of this but surely, yeah. but but the idea that you could have not known that you weren't on a fucking plane. It's big. When nine yeah. eleven, there were people who remembered looking out the window of their apartment or their office at the flames and seeing the plane hit. And then you realize that their office was on the opposite side of the building and there's no way they could have been. Now they might've run over and then seen the billowing smoke afterwards. all of these things. And some of the people refused to believe, although they were looking at their own papers and their own handwriting with their signature, that this wasn't doctored. I mean, they would get to the point where they were angry and they would say, I don't know how you did this, but this is not what happened. I remember what happened. So when I say that I know Bucket <laughs> list, list existed, bucket I don't know that Bucket List existed, <laughs> but, I'm, but I feel very confidently, and, and who knows, because human memory, and this is why first account testimony doesn't hold up in court, uh, it's the least reliable thing, You know, we are storytellers and as our memories go on and we remember them and we retell them, they all yeah. ch- always change a little bit. That's why two people's versions of something, although it should be very similar and the big point should be the same the details are different right? it's fascinating. I mean, all the time. So yeah. very interesting. There
1: was a great episode of how to with John Wilson last season about the Mandela effect too, where, you know, that's a, that's kind of like a, a funny comedy show, but it's, it, he still films and interviews at a Mandela effect convention. Um, and it's very satisfying <laughs> to see all these people together and sure, they talk sure. about different things and, and it's just, it's good. Um, okay. So moving on in the news, um, the Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel in Orlando opened. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, do I not on social media! <laughs> I watched um,
2: entire YouTube yeah, two-hour videos yeah. of people. That and
1: were there. Uh, I mean, how do you feel about it? Does, does it look enticing? Like, okay. Obviously, you and I both know that if we had the time and the completely disposable income, we're like, yeah, we'd of go course. do that. Yeah. Of course. But does it strike you as something that you feel strongly about? Because no. Because to me, and, no. And,
2: and this is where I realized that as much as Star Wars is the pinnacle to me yes. for cinema and what brought me to movies and I'm there's no series that matters more to me and it's – it, more than anything, it is instrumental in me trying to develop my own kind of monomyth and magnum yeah. opus or whatever you want as a writer, even though I'm not working that hard at that anymore. But that that's the most central story to that. But this is how I know that there's just another level of fan you know I, I because and and and, sure. and it's not that I like you said if I had disposable income it's not that I wouldn't go like we would take a no, trip of course, certainly of course just to experience it but it's also not something I'm salivating to do say the way that the uh, the new rides at Disneyland I absolutely had to do and I would right. have paid right right there it's not that everything that Star Wars I have to experience in fact watching it I was kind of like well this doesn't seem very comfortable it seems interactive
1: this is what everyone's not says, like yeah. what I
2: would want to do on a vacation right
1: that amount of money i, yeah, I would no.
2: love to go and see show and then yeah the, that's before the money even comes into it when you realize how much it is to me it seems crazy however it is one of those the biggest fan hoods in the world so maybe yeah. they'll be able to keep bringing people in i just thought looking at it it's a cool idea i i don't understand how there would be enough people who would pay this much? They to do don't. It.
1: It's not a big place. They don't have that many rooms. I don't remember what the number is, but it's in the low numbers. It's like a hundred rooms or something like that. So right. it's not like you're in a you know many thousand you know uh, room hotel in Vegas. You're in a tiny boutique experience that I just think they're never going to run out of people that are yeah i, I mean it. i guess that's true and you know what if they do they'll just lower the prices there's sure, never sure. At point, an instance yeah. that they're not gonna fill and at up at that, that point place. i'll probably go Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. no right.
2: but again this is just just to to you know beat the horse over the head dead horse over the yeah. head um i'm i'm always interested and excited by star wars in the medium of film yeah you know that's what i love i love the films of star wars and to an extent tv is kind of the same thing Sort of the theme park thing, you know what I mean? It's kinda like saying if I loved the movie Waterworld, would I for sure love the stunt show? You know what I mean? Like they're they're different things. Like yeah. I realize the the subject is the same, but it's just not a thing that, you know, necessarily is going to be something I'm gonna love. Whereas some people, they want the blueprint of the Millennium Falcon and they need yeah. to understand how the yeah. Millennium Falcon works. And to me, it's an awesome ship. And I know that it breaks down a lot and I love that. And I love that they can fix it, but I don't need to know how the engines work. And if they're really practical, do you know what I mean? Like I'm a fan of the story and the world, but I, but I, you know, I don't need to be able to repair the thing if it breaks yeah. down, and that's I think the difference in me and the people who are salivating to go it's to the. It's a very hotel. evolved that and money, you have. That and money. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, Yeah, I, I'm with you on all that, and I agree. Um, did you see that Jason Momoa is the new villain in Fast and the Furious Ten? I did. I think I that's, I think that's a good, good choice. Gassing. Yeah, I, I somebody enjoy should him. be in that series. Yeah, um, um, hundred mm-hmm. percent.
2: I wonder if he'll be able to use the ocean. wouldn't it be cool
1: if they (laughs) do some reference to that that's so stupid okay Uh. cars underwater we haven't done it
2: yet cars underwater we've done in space that's sort of that's where we're going
1: we we did the the submarine in fast and that popped up yep fast eight
2: that fate of the furious uh, fate uh, to be honest yeah to be correct but it came up through the ice that was iced over water and we drove on that
1: but we did not uh, go in Russia. I think that was Russia. Pretty sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. By the way, my favorite animated movie in the animated shorts uh, was from Russia. Um, there you go. And, uh, and, and then oddly in the live action, not that it's a direct correlation, but uh, I would say my favorite, well, my top two favorite um, live action one was uh, about a guy who goes... from Poland into Ukraine to Kiev to do something and then then comes back. Um, that's just a side, side story in the movie. But, um, I was just like, wow, there's a lot of, uh, Ukraine and, uh, and Russia uh, stuff going on. Yeah. Um, All the kind of European theater and a little bit east. You can't help but think about all of the artists in that part of the world and and everybody. But every everybody that is so against what's going on. uh, Can you imagine being held held captive
0: by your your government? Unbelievable. uh,
1: And the entire Western world is turning off the spigots of all of the things (laughs) in the world that you you are a part of. Hopefully, Um, that is going to. Obviously, we're not. No, we <laughs> don't know. Political. We don't know anything, but about. just briefly, it just is terrible just
2: briefly yeah. because this is just like the pandemic. And we've talked about that while we've recorded, it's, you can't ignore what's going yeah. on in the world. I will just say, this is really the first time we've been able to see on a global scale of what people really are worried could be a worldwide event. I don't even want to say world war, but you know, worldwide conflict. Yes. it's the first time we've ever seen that idea that we've talked about a lot, but actually put into action where it's like, well, We all rely on each other and we do business together now because everything's global. We are one world. What if we shut all that down? We're going to actually see firsthand and hopefully, knock on wood, this will work. We're going to see firsthand whether or not diplomacy in that way, right? And that angle of attack will work as opposed to bloodshed or not. Because as much as it seems like it's a perfect response, and I hope it is, You've also had all these commentators who have talked about how, you know, a wounded animal can be the most dangerous and certainly Putin's not, doesn't seem the most stable if he's cornered. So we'll see. And I I hope all that works. I don't see how it, how they could sustain to a certain degree Uh, at the same time. You know we're gonna face a real gas uh, catastrophe. Um, at the same time, yeah, and we'll see what Russia. else if anything else yeah, follows soon. But yeah, so hang in there, wow. everybody, and keep watching movies and, and that's take public the only, transit. The best medicine you can you can have, yeah, and yeah. public transit if it's available.
1: Um, okay, so a couple other uh, news things. Um, actually, the uh, you know what. these are i have two star wars things that are just kind of personal items um saw tiktok the other day i don't think i sent it to you but it was just a guy watching his two daughters watch empire for the first time oh oh, i'm a sucker for these and it just was one of the most wonderful tiktoks i've ever seen and i'm sure lots of people do tiktoks of this kind of stuff but you know when when vader says he's his father um i think the girls were probably like eight and 10 and 12 or something sure. like that at perfect ages, you know? And so they are, they all have different, they all have the same, what reaction they're all freaking out. And then <laughs> they are asking him, is that true? Is that true? And then without hit, skipping a beat, you know, you get to, Mark Hamill saying that's not true. true." And they're just like, they're asking their they're screaming at their dad. They're saying, is that true? And (sighs) he's not responding (laughs) because he knows what's coming. And, uh, and Mark Hamill says, it's not true. Um, and they uh, are just freaking out. And so, and then he put a caption on, he's like, I've been waiting for this day for 12 years, you know? And it was just such a wonderful, wonderful TikTok. Um, and, uh, I don't know. It, that that, really that's is all. Great. I, I that, have nothing else. I just love so myself. That warms my heart just thinking about that moment. It was I'll a really, really it. wonderful, yeah. um, yeah. And it was like it, so I watched that TikTok. It was like two minutes before my Zoom appointment with my CPA to do my taxes. And so I was cry, I was crying. I watched this sure. TikTok and I was fully crying. And I'm like hopping on the Zoom with my CPA. I'm like crying. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, it was just sure. such sure. it was right before. Um oh my anyways. God. Um and the last thing uh is it the last thing um. Yeah, I guess I will just say that uh, some other new content you guys should all watch is uh, there's a lot of like stock market related stuff. Um, I'm firmly on the side of the uh, of the apes as they're called. Uh, those <laughs> of us that hold long positions in heavily shorted stocks. Uh, in my case, it's just AMC. I've been a uh, long-time AMC holder since 2020. Um, but anyways, the point is that uh, there's a combination of great things uh, in the news right now. There was a documentary, uh, and by the way, most of these focus on the GameStop portion of what has happened because it's the most kind of big big, but but it doesn't take away from the fact that there's a lot going on in all of it and there's a lot of valuable information in all of it and so whether or not you're you're have any awareness of of this movement um everyone's affected by the stock market and uh, you should check out uh, firstly on video on demand. Now we have the documentary that was in theaters a couple of months ago called GameStop rise of the players gives you a good background on a lot of the just individuals that were part of that movement. Sure. Um, at the very beginning, HBO has a two part, um, documentary that just came out the other day called gaming wall street. And that is outstanding. It gives you so much insight into the the corruption and weirdness in the stock market but it's just a great documentary as well um and then uh John Stewart's show on Apple TV plus uh called The Problem with John Stewart they do an episode on the stock market um and that was last Thursday Um, Also giving you lots of insight. Um, A lot of the same stuff that's in the the HBO documentary. But um, I don't know. It just seems like stuff that uh, the more people that know about it, the better. And the more possibility for change, uh, the more people are are involved. So I highly recommend all of that stuff. Um, And uh, that's all I got for news. Um, I've got a couple of upcoming things to mention. Uh, We got some cool trailers. Like the Nope trailer is really yeah. Enticing and, and <laughs> intriguing, and, yeah, all and kinds uh, of wild. Um, that's the new um, Jordan Peele movie coming out. Um, have you seen that trailer for Father Stew with Mark Wahlberg and Mel Gibson? I have not. You should check that out. I think it's a true story, but that feels like our kind of movie. It it looks. I'm interested good. already. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, Mel Gibson is. We've said it before. He's problematic, but we love him, and we we don't we don't want to love. Him as as a, as a person, we want to love him as an actor uh, because, you know, still to this day, anytime I see him, I just am brought back to all of the enjoyment that yeah, he's brought to joy the same way that Harrison Ford did and, and, and is. Yeah. And it's just like all of the times that I loved watching Maverick or Lethal Weapon or, or any number of Mel Gibson stuff. It just his face makes me happy. Um, you can't and- condone everything the person's done. But yeah, you're talking about his
2: his work and how talented he is and how good some of the stuff he's put out has been. And So even and today, I'm,
1: if he's in something, uh, you know, all these weird movies that he's finding his way into – I'm like, yeah, I want to see him in stuff because he's he's a wonderful actor, yeah, and he's I'm always interesting. I'm with you, um, and yeah, he's probably a total asshole. Also, you, you but, know where
2: I stand yeah. on it. I would never I know, try to talk somebody into checking him out if what he's done is too offensive for them. Yeah, However, 100%. I don't believe someone else can't still revisit stuff that they've that person's done. We right. we all appreciate and enjoy art that was made by monsters, whether you yeah. know it or
1: not. Yep. It's just a fact. Um, it's weird though. It's a, it's it's a weird. I don't know if it's a double standard, but it it sure it sure was easy for me after watching the Woody Allen documentary to be like you know what I don't ever need to watch a Woody Allen movie again and I, I think it was just because that Woody Allen doesn't do anything for me yeah, like I think it speaks I, more exactly uh, I, him I, as a person I, or, or even as an actor and performer like his movies are not great because he's in them yeah. and any movie he ever made that I cared about I didn't care so significantly about it it, I, I realize these were pivotal movies in yeah. film history, some of his movies. But at the same time, the problems with Woody Allen are also in those movies. Well, you're touching on something that's very interesting,
2: though, right? Because at like the end Annie of the day... Like in
1: and Manhattan are, sure. are rife with this sure. stuff. Well, and Manhattan like, particularly. Well, Yeah, yeah.
2: But you're, you're, uh, you're touching on something that's actually very interesting because at the end of the day it's kind of like even with the GameStop stuff where you know stuff's going on and you want to do what you can to make things better yeah. in a fair shake. At the same time, ultimately, we can all be aware of that without burning everyone at the stake for buying something from a company that's done something terrible, right? Like at the end of the day, I don't know that any of us would actually be able to support any corporation with a clean conscience if right. we knew everything that's going on with them. Right, right. So there's this idea of like being aware of something and not trying to directly contribute it ver- versus, well, it's time today to stop everything else in your life in order to right this particular individual wrong. We got to fix Mel Gibson. You know what I mean? Yeah. And stopping watching those movies is the most important thing. Yeah, the people smart. are going to fall in different places here, but I do think what you're saying about the Woody Allen thing. And this is where I think human beings are hypocrites. It's, it's always people who the thing doesn't matter to them as much. And I, I can speak to myself yeah, for that. I, I believe in intelligent gun reform, right? Guns aren't that important to me. Now, I'm not saying that that means we shouldn't have intelligent gun reform anyway. But it's easy for me to sit here and say, no, let's just, you know, I'm not even I've never even said let's ban all guns. But, yeah, let's have intelligent gun reform for a person who has always gone hunting with their father and gun culture is their movies and it's part of their identity. They're going to feel attacked individually, even if they're not a person who, you know, obviously most people that have guns don't go on a killing spree, but like if they feel attacked individually, it's very easy for me to separate myself from that and be like, why would we not do this? I think that person should still get to the same thought but it's a different perspective for them. And there's a well, comedian. it's harder. It's a sure, much that's what harder I mean. and, and that's what I mean and, when like yeah. Mel Gibson, if we love those movies versus a lot of my Jewish friends who are like, you know, I'm out. Like yeah. once he's done that. and I, and I, again, I, I understand that. I'm just glad none of them have been like, you have to be out too. I mean, all of them have been very, at least my friends sure. have been like, look, man, it's, you know, it's everybody's decision. I'm just, I'm not watching anymore. And that's where the, I wish I could remember the comedian, but they just went on like a five minute spree about, we ain't listening to that R Kelly bullshit anymore. And the crowd's cheering and they're left and right. is it's like, we don't need that shit. You know, this guy's a monster. You gotta, you gotta. And then he was like. And we're also not listening to Michael Jackson, and there was like an audible like "oh," you know, what I mean? because like again, it you know we don't know for sure anything, but assuming what I would assume, it's that thing where like one person gave us art that, quite frankly, we don't want to throw away, yes, no matter what, and 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 I think human beings to our credit don't like things that are unjust, right? Ultimately sure. we want things to be cosmically just, even though the world isn't that way and existence isn't that way, but we can get so angry at other human beings that I think we forget. It's not you or me that gave Mel Gibson his charisma and made him make great choices and make movies that we really like. Right. Right. It's, it's not us that gave anybody their ability Like you could, you can get really angry about this. And if you're a person who believes in God, you can get really mad at God. Like, why did you give Woody Allen such an incredible talent? You know what I mean? If he's a monster or, or however you want to phrase it. But ultimately people are just trying to find their way through it. You know what I mean? And everybody's going to land in different places. I don't even remember why we started talking about this, but, but
1: that's just how Um, I feel about it. And, and I'm not, it's well said everything you you said is, is uh, exactly right. I will
2: watch that Mel Gibson movie also without being okay with what he has said about not just Jewish people, but black people and women yeah, <laughs> and so, his ex-wife. So
1: problematic. Um, <laughs> so. And, uh, seemingly no real, uh, uh, you know, major apology for, you know, we don't, we don't see a, a change. We don't see, but yeah. again, it's all so, it's all such a, um, a minefield that, uh, y- you have two options. You can either, uh, Completely detach um, from all of these things, but uh, but again, there's no there's no way you can know that every company you buy from it could be just as uh, responsible for atrocities, and we wouldn't know it.
0: Um, well, and there's
2: this idea of really at the end of the day, of course, something you do know about somebody is hard to ignore, but. You never know who you're supporting. You can be supporting a serial killer and find out 30 years later, once they're gone, that you've enjoyed their stuff and they were horrible, right? Yeah. I I always talk about this in sports. Everybody always says, well, how can you support this guy or that guy? He's an asshole. I don't bring morality into it all. If I'm watching basketball, unless the person is just outright and terrible person and we know for a fact he's done something that's just unforgivable, it's kind of like a lot of people think Michael Jordan's an asshole, Probably was on the court a lot, but I was watching him because he was the greatest human I've ever seen at dunking a basketball and I enjoy basketball. So I was like, oh, this is the best human at this. Yeah. And I appreciate the art, the level of artistry that's formed there. So.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm just still struggling with how I how I consider myself because it it is it is tough to. Well, it's worth thinking about. To well, yeah, I'm just I don't have a very good brain. Um, <laughs> you know, we, I think I think about the Woody Allen situation and I think <laughs> about the Mel Gibson situation, and you know, one of them is uh, you know, a, a, to me, a far worse crime. Um, than well, yeah. the other, but yeah. but I, I, is that someone is that, saying
2: something versus someone potentially doing something is completely. I
1: just, different. I yeah, it has to be different. It has to be different. I guess that's my point: is that it. These all have to be entirely separately considered, and um, and but you know, again, separated incidents. Everybody of, in the world now judgment. loves
2: Robert Downey Jr., and Robert Downey Jr. has out and out for ten years now been screaming at Hollywood to forgive his friend Mel Gibson and bring him back you know what I mean? Into the fold. And it's, right. it's another one of those things like, well, where does it end? Like, do we not support Robert Downey Jr. Also who everyone loves because right. he is well, best friends I mean, with this guy and wants to help uh, him. Jodie
1: Foster also, you know, is same singing thing. the same, yeah, thing. And, same thing. And she's by all accounts, a, a good person who, you know, Knows <laughs> what has gone on and and uh, and I don't know. I sure. don't know. Look, Is there's this, a, there's too too Horatio
2: Sanz controversy with SNL now, where they're trying to pull Jimmy uh, Fallon into it and oh, saying really? all these people knew when this guy was grooming a, a girlfriend that he had that was too young at the time. And look, oh, no. all that may be true. I haven't deep dived into it, but again, where are you drawing the line? And who are you holding accountable? And are right. not allowed to enjoy them? I don't know. I can't answer those questions. I think everybody's got to answer for themselves. And I think it's okay where you land on that. The, the only people I really think anyone should get very angry with is the person who did a certain action. You know what I mean? Like yeah. at the end of the day, and if you're not happy with that, I understand. But anyway, we've talked about this too long. So uh, It is. I'm
1: sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> so uh, the uh, couple of upcoming things I have, I have three upcoming things that might be good. Um, that very obscure uh deep water movie that was removed from Disney's release calendar is now getting a Hulu release in a couple of weeks. March. So today's March 8th. Yeah. March 18th, uh, deep water comes out. It has one of the most bizarre teaser trailers I've ever seen where presumably we're watching, uh, what's her name? Donna De Armas give Ben Affleck a handjob off screen. (laughs) That's what the teaser is. It's bananas. And it is, (laughs) um, (laughs) <laughs> it is not clearly something disney wanted to release yeah because keep in mind that it was a fox movie Disney bought Fox and so on and so forth. So then Disney just offloaded it (laughs) and said, we're selling this movie. And so they sold it to Hulu. Um, Anyway, so that's coming up. Uh, We Crashed is an Apple TV movie with Anne Hathaway about the WeWork um, story, which who knows if that'll be good. But that's also March 18th. And then uh, this movie, The Bubble, the new Judd Apatow movie on Netflix will be March 1st. Um, and it looks uh fun, um yeah. presuming that it 's not also uh April Fool 's joke. They started with the <laughs> April Fools joke of saying that it was a movie called Cliff Beasts, and it had posters, and then everyone acknowledged that it 's a fake movie, and the real movie behind it is called The Bubble, which is a movie about a crew of people making a movie in a bubble during covid, so it 's a very like right. meta you know movie maker. Hollywood movie, Um, but you know Judd Apatow. I'll watch anything he does.
2: Um, I will
1: do. So that's coming up April first. Okay, that's all I have for news. Do we want to talk about a couple? You sent me two clips. Of line readings that we are I, unsure of.
2: I think we can talk about one, and we'll just save one for the next. I think like one an episode is probably
1: um, enough. Tell me, should we do the Batman one because it's yeah, the one I just that, think it's the, the other most, one we can do whenever. Um, we we
2: just did a commentary on this, and I meant to bring this up during the commentary, but we were we were talking about something else and it just carried through and missed the moment. But I was looking back and I was like, I know there's a moment in this movie, and I couldn't find it, and it took me a while, and took me a while, and finally came up with it.
1: Um, all right, so let me, have it? let me play the clip. Okay, uh, It's very quick. Uh, three seconds.
2: I'm of a mind, make some mookie. All
1: right. <laughs> so that's Jack Nicholson as the Joker saying, whatever the fuck this is, I'll play it again.
2: I'm of a mind, make some mookie. Okay. The fuck? So for years, I had no idea what he was saying at all. <clears throat> and then if you look it up and you kind of dig in,
1: you sent me, by the way, he yeah. sent me a link to a conversation online about yeah, this. That's all I could find. And I gave the fuck up. I read maybe ten or fifteen of these comments <laughs> and I was like, Nope, there's no answer here. And I gave up. But what is what is your I'm of a mind
2: of? to make some Mookie. Mookie. And apparently Mookie is something sexual. At the time he's looking at pictures of Vicky Vale. Right. And he decides this is gonna be my woman
1: now. Right.
2: Um that's essentially what happens. So I understand in theory how it would make sense that I'm of the mind to get some pussy, you know, or whatever he's saying. Now, the choice to go with, one, that delivery, I'm of a mind makes a mookie. I just, I have no, for a while I I thought as a kid that, I'm of a mind and then makes a mookie. Like I had no idea what he was talking about. And it's just another one of those lines Like we've talked about the last couple episodes where what the hell, how so does this happen? This
1: one's weird because On to me, it's not even a function of not knowing what he said. We kind of know what he says. <laughs> it, that's not the issue. The issue is, that the line should never have existed and it should have never made it into the edit and it should have never been directed this way and it should have never been written and it should have never been uttered by Jack Nicholson because whatever it is doesn't have any part in this movie yet it made sense to someone and i support just i Jack. support that statement
2: even with the knowledge that the line in the in the same movie exists that goes Never rub another man's rhubarb. Like, that even is with a that phrase line,
1: that is weird, but not through like context clues. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> I, can, uh, I, can, uh, I can land on, okay, I know what he's saying. It's a weird. Uh, the Joker's ism, insane, so but, he says something uh, in a weird way. Uh, yeah. But like but this, yeah. again
2: I'm of a mind to make some mookies.
1: It's M- Mookie M O O K I E yeah, that's what that's how they write it on the To link. make some Mookie or of But some even Mookie to
2: make or... some Mookie is not very clear. Like the way he says it, I'm of a mind Duh. comes through and then I'm makes of a, a mind make some Mookie. Yeah. That's I'm of mind a mind
1: make some Mookie. Whatever.
2: I'm of a mind make <laughs> some Mookie.
1: Yeah, it, 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 there is no, it. yeah. There is no that's connection that. in the middle of that it, so It's <laughs> I anyway,
2: I, I we were talking about lines that are misunderstood or not understood. Yeah, and that it's one like, immediately popped. I, I wrote in my down. Mind.
1: This is kind of like a script forensics <laughs> slash like what they say <laughs> section. So like strange. one of those. What did they say? So strange. Um, I don't know. And you know what? From a from a personal standpoint, and this is not the problem with this one in particular, but a lot of the time, what we're going to probably be addressing is just lack of clarity on the side sure. of the. Actor, because it is, unfortunately, the actor's responsibility to enunciate to some degree. And that gets lost in performances sometimes. You hear that, Brando? Yeah, some actors are very method and or they are very... low volume or they work for christopher nolan <laughs> <laughs> who, that's a whole <laughs> who so who doesn't doesn't want the second part understand. of this argument but what i was going to say is yeah it is the actor's responsibility and you can generally tell especially with new actors new directors meaning young a little bit unexperienced um it is harder to hear them because they are not Used to it. And there is a a big part of this, which is how the sound is recorded and mixed. And, you know, microphones can only get so close to your mouth. So, you know, you hide a microphone on a person's body or clothing. um, And sometimes that's not a good recording. It depends on their costume and many other factors. Um, And then a boom mic is, in many cases, as far away as 20 inches sometimes and that's pretty far you get further sometimes 30 inches and you do your best and then it goes to a, a sound mixing stage where they attempt to accentuate these words but when when the microphone is not right at your mouth like like i'm talking now obviously i haven't really increased the volume but you probably can't hear what i'm saying very well it just matters so much how close the microphone right. is to your mouth. And so uh, a big part of it is the sound design and mix, all of the other tracks. If we have music in the background, we have sound effects, we have all these other things um, that are competing for your awareness and, and, and you know, listenability. But then um, it's also up to the director. Someone like Chris Nolan gives no fuck about whether you can hear the person's, you know, dialogue and that's uh insane to me i think he's an insane person it's
2: a strange choice to try to put you in it it's almost the same it's deliberate in a different way it's almost the same as the at the time very popular decision to shoot fight scenes inside the fight like the Bourne movies where there's no possible way you can understand what's happening in the geography Geography of the screen and the idea is almost first person where you're in there fighting but you've lost completely what's happening. You're totally. you're just waiting for the shaky camera to end and see who's still standing. And that's kind of the dialogue. It is a very Nolan. a very anyway. similar thing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway.
1: Anyways, there are just so many parts of this, but um but we will continue to try to bring you line readings that are weird. Um, and if you have
2: any you know about, yeah, that is something we would in, yeah. welcome you to like write this. in or call in. Not, <laughs> not like, like
1: this. That's more like of an these. accent thing, like but, uh, but still funny. That's what sparked it. Uh, <laughs> it sure did. Okay, so should we move on to Rotten Tomatoes Let's scores? move on to Rotten Tomatoes scores. What do we got this week? We're going to do Ivan Reitman movies. I just ah, nice. did a okay. selection of his movies, just a few of them. Um, we're going to start with Stripes. I love Stripes. I know um, you
2: do. I will say Stripes is a Critics 84 and an Audiences 86. 88 and
1: 79. Ooh. Oh, no. I'm getting Ooh. a call. Hey. I forgot to put that on Do Not Disturb. Sorry. No, it's all good. Um Woking so up. that was uh, Stripes, eighty-eight and seventy-nine. So you were pretty close. It's actually higher from critics. So Audiences that's...
2: being lower is interesting to me,
1: but okay. My dad loved that one, so we watched that one. Maybe people weren't ready ready for Maybe the not. Ivan Reitman like you know style mm, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it was kind of new, I guess. It was, uh, <clears throat> uh, Ghostbusters.
2: Uh, well, Ghostbusters is Ghostbusters. Right, um, yeah. So I'm thinking um, that is a critics eighty-eight and an audience is ninety.
1: Ninety seven and eighty eight. Shit. So kind of reversed, but pretty close. Yeah. I keep reversing ninety seven from critics. Pretty surprising, right? I wouldn't be surprised if that's a little weighted in more critics. recent years. Yeah. Somehow, but um, yeah. Anyways, I don't know. I know um, the it does a look is it seems too than, high. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Wild. Seems like it should be in the eighties. That but, is wild. Ninety seven. Uh Twins. <laughs>
2: I've never seen I, Twins, I, by the way. <laughs> I still like Twins, but okay, but I think Twins uh, got, got a shellacking. Um, I think <laughs> I think critics probably gave it like a 52, and audiences gave it like a 56.
1: 41 and 39. Wow, gee. Well, Man, yeah, I can't say really, I'm surprised. He really dropped off with that one. And then he's bringing Arnold back for Kindergarten Cop. Come on, Kindergarten <laughs> Cop. Um,
2: critics Critics will say 80. Audience is 85. 51 and 52. Holy shit. This has <laughs> to be something that I only
1: remember fondly because I was a kid then. This is exactly because, why I did these because I'm like, yeah. you know what? This is like so many others where you go, you know what? I remember it so fondly, but I don't know what critics of that era well, would have thought.
2: I can't say that about any, anything, any of the other movies you've named so far. But with Kindergarten Cop. You really remember it. I was it being literally good. a child and it was culturally significant. I mean, we all stood up in our actual classes and said <laughs> boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. And it's not a tumor. Sure. And, like, I guess, again, you're just surrounded by parents of other kids, but all the parents seemed to have really enjoyed it and been entertained too. Sure. So I just thought audiences generally were like, like a Home Alone. This is not a work of art, but this is just an enjoyable, fun movie. But wow. Wow. Pretty low. Yeah, yeah. that's really low. Um,
1: what about Dave?
2: Um, Man, Dave was smart and good, Uh, but hell, now I'm Yeah, now shut. you don't even know what's I, going on. Now you don't know what's going on, do you? Um, I will say for Dave, critics gave it a 72,
1: and audiences gave it a 78. 95 and 72. So you were right on with... A- Audiences, but crazy that critics are. uh, It it's so (laughs) sappy though. Like how to. I don't understand. Oh no, it's a masterpiece. I I
2: like I love Dave, but I don't understand how critics. I mean, they're usually such shitheads about stuff like that. Totally. I don't know. So, what do you think they think
1: about Six Days Seven Nights?
2: (laughs) Oh man, not as high as it should be. I'll tell you that from critics or audiences. We love Uh, this movie so much. Critics for Six Days Seven Nights gave it a fifty-two. And audiences gave it a 65.
1: 38 and 36. Fuck all of you. Totally, guys. right? Um, I mean,
2: I I, admittedly, I rank that higher than it
1: should be ranked. Um, but that is lower than it. Too that is lower low. than yeah, it that's should too be Yeah, that's too low. I would have accepted in the 50s to sure. 60s. That's what I just said. Maybe that's a low 70s. Something and, yeah. um, on one of those. But uh, yeah, 30s is. Uh, 30% movie is a bad movie. And. There's very little bad about that movie. Like yeah, it's come on an extremely competent movie. I think that the performances from Anne Heche and from uh, uh, the boyfriend uh, uh, David Schwimmer are a little campy or hokey or something. Um, but they're appropriate that's to the movie. What is needed for that? Yeah, year. it is totally in line with the movie. This is once again
2: where I feel like people get very confused with. You can't hold a movie responsible for not doing what it never set out to do. And I think we do that a lot. I understand complaining yeah. about a movie for not succeeding in what it attempts. Right. But I also think a lot of times people are grading movies for not doing what they wanted it to do right. when it wasn't even trying to do that. Part time. Part time. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs>
1: I don't know what that means, but let's end with evolution. <laughs> <No
2: one does>. <laughs> um, <laughs> This one will always hold a funny place in my heart. Um, I love evolution.
1: Evolution. But I, by all accounts, should be way lower than Six Days, Seven of course, Nights. Of, of course. Of course. Come on. Of course.
2: I can't bring myself to put it lower than the 30s. I'm going to go with the exact same place I tried to put Six Days, Seven Nights, yeah. where I guessed. I'm going to say Critics 52. Four, we'll say, and audiences like audiences 65. 44 and forty seven. Okay, it's higher than
1: it's higher than six eight seven. <laughs> it 9. doesn't make any sense. See, these numbers actually feel pretty close to like yeah. This is I'm not I'm not angry with these numbers for evolution. I know sure. objectively sure. that I like it for reasons exactly. that are separate from reality, and that uh, that these. Are pretty accurate numbers. 67 nights. That's bullshit. Well, plus <laughs> evolution
2: will always have a, uh, a a special place in my heart because the first I've told you this before, but the first uh, guy I worked for out in L.A. who's my least favorite human yeah. um, to this day. Oh yes, he. I this story. <laughs> we brought up evolution once because we had seen the movie, and me and Adam figured, yeah, evolution. You know, we saw that one, and we noticed, oh, he's got the screenplay. He's the guy, and oh, uh, just his reaction. It was written as a serious movie, was not intended to be a comedy. It was so dumb that they were like, oh, there's comic chops here. We should turn this into a comedy. Yeah. And his reaction, to, they butchered that movie. Butchered just his whole thing of like, we could have had a sci-fi classic a la Alien or you know, something like that. Yeah, whatever, man. And you're just like, what? And then and we, <laughs> to the point that we actually read the script as it was, and it is hilarious. Um, anyway, so uh, that's all that's I'll say cool. about that.
1: Um, all right. Well, that was that. Um, I uh, think that next episode, we're going to try to do an Oscars episode. Yeah. And I'll, a little I think there. I'm going to circle back to some of this stuff because I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the SAG Awards and the Independent Spirit Awards. Sure. But I think that would be good for just like an awards episode. Maybe Agreed. we'll do a mini-sode. Agreed. About the awards and Oscars. Um, and so that brings us to the end where we give a hidden gem and say goodbye. Um, what do you got? Uh, my hidden
2: gem will not come as a surprise to you because I I texted you about this, but Ooh. I recently rewatched twice uh, the movie Ronin hell from yeah. nineteen ninety eight uh, Frankenheimer. Hell, hell yeah! Uh, <laughs> and uh, I had not watched it in years and years and years, and uh, should have known that you had seen it, but immediately thought. I wonder if Kelly,
1: if Kelly hasn't seen this. He's well, got funny to see enough, this. in our movie watching group on Fridays, uh, uh, our group meeting me and a different group of friends, uh, we just watched this like a couple of weeks ago. So it's totally you got chance, other friends. I mean, like two <laughs> by chance that Patrick texts me about it. And I'm like, yeah, we just watched so it as a group. It's yeah. a, an outstanding um, crime. Well, th- it's an outstanding thriller. It's Espionage type of yeah. You know, it, it's um.
2: If for nothing else, if you enjoy car chases yeah. and you want maybe the best practical car chases
1: top, ever. Top, top couple uh, but yeah, top notch. Sure.
2: Um, then it's worth it for that. But I just really enjoy this kind of anti James Bondish type of 100%. Idea. you know, this sort of the kind of the guys who fall through the cracks and are no longer or at least maybe no longer working for that government that you know that they were working for whatever they have a special set of skills and they are Ronan they are the wandering it's the spy
1: equivalent warriors. to lower decks in the Star it Trek really, world it really is yeah. and
2: it is a simple completely practical also version of that kind of yeah. world and story I mean it's really there's this, no gadgets there's a MacGuffin I mean, you're going after of, and it's yeah. just scene by scene and it's it, there's no frills, man. It's totally stripped down in a way that's very, very appealing and very good. Uh, and and just moves. like
1: digestible and accessible yeah. and um, solid
2: performances from I, everybody or all know, the way around. I, I watched, love an Irish story oh, an IRA yeah. type of Irish terrorist type of guys. Anyway.
1: Um, yeah, there's just, I mean, Jonathan price is in it. There's it's just great. Robert De Niro is the star. It's just an outstanding, uh, uh, movie. And you know, it's, it's not even really that well respected, um, in the big picture, uh, because it, I, I don't know. It was missing some element that people thought that a movie yeah. should have. But it, I don't it think is... it's remembered
2: very much. I, I really think it could have come out like five to ten years later and would have been a little yeah. more. I, it's. I do think kind it's kind of something more of a two thousand thirsted movie. for later. Yeah, than ninety eight. That's a great in 98, point.
1: Ninety eight. It didn't feel like we wanted yeah, that. Yeah, we hadn't had Born Identity yet until yeah. two thousand one or two. Um. So yeah, that's that's a very yeah. fair thing. But anyways, and, and, check and, out and, um,
2: and the uh, the uh, the writer. It's written. Um, David Mamet. David Mamet. I mean, you can't argue yeah, with the his name. Wasn't on behind, it. He had a. Yeah.
1: He had a. Yeah, what do you call it? A, a pen name, script uh, doctor on it or whatever. Um, but uh, but yeah, David Mamet wrote the screenplay, and he's an outstanding writer, and so on and so forth. But uh, yeah, check, check it out. out Ronan. Check out Ronan. All right, guys. Well, thanks for l- listening, and we're gonna we're gonna go away now.
2: Thanks, Kevin, for
1: uh, <laughs> for uh, calling in. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Um, great,
2: great, fun information there. And um yeah, we'll we'll talk to you guys about the uh uh irrelevant Academy Awards. Soon. <laughs> totally <laughs> irrelevant. Bye.
0: And enough champagne to fill the Nile.